And what does that come back to? Broken business processes or business processes that are so they're competing with the bad guys for looking fishy. The the key thing is, it, you know, an IT person or a security person is not going to go fix that. They can advise, but we've got we've got imp- process improvement and growth to do across the company if we're going to fight this thing. Um, so yeah, you can't train to avoid bad behaviors if we instill bad behaviors. It just makes everything white noise. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to a special edition of Status Go. Why is it special? Because we've taken it on the road. I am sitting here in the offices of Reveal Risk, a cybersecurity consulting firm. A few weeks ago, we here at Status Go were thinking about the economic uncertainty and the possible recession. Someone asked what impact a recession would have on cyber attacks. So I did what I usually do when someone asks a cyber question. I called Aaron Pritz. Aaron is one of the co-founders of Reveal Risk. He invited me over to the to their own studio to talk with him and Cody Rivers, their consulting director. Gentlemen, it seems so strange to welcome you to Status Go when I'm sitting in your studio, but welcome to Status Go. Status Go is wherever it needs to be, like that, Visa. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, why don't we start uh, with introductions? Uh, I know I, I set the stage a little bit, but uh, Aaron, if you don't mind, just a little bit about your career journey, how you came to Reveal Risk, uh, and then Cody, same thing to you, and then we'll dive into this topic. Yeah, so Aaron Pritz, long time uh, pharmaceutical, IT, cyber, privacy, risk, Six Sigma guy. I spent a long time at one pharmaceutical company here in Indianapolis, 17 years, and uh, left and and started Reveal Risk in 2018. So we wanted to do something a little bit different in consulting, take all those years from uh, being on the other side of the table and do all the things that we appreciated and liked about that, but also maybe change up some of the things that annoyed us or frustrated us to give the better customer experience. So Tim Sewell, uh, co-founder, and I created that, uh, created Reveal Risk in 2018, and we've been uh, having a ton of fun since. A ton of fun, no pun intended. There, there, there you go. There you go. And, and I love that you mentioned uh, the customer experience, because we talk a lot about that on Status Go, so that that's very fitting. And Cody, how about you? I know you're, you're uh, newer to the firm, so a little bit about your journey. Yes, sir. So three months in here at Reveal, and, and loving it ever since, and uh, background 15-plus years um, enterprise security architecture, so highly technical, um, a lot of time with security and, and um, building the technical roadmap to fulfill on, on the other side, the policies and everything. So now great to be on this side and help navigate those challenges and, and really, really uh, translate, you know, some of those things I think is a big thing and, you know, tell a story and not speak technical. Yeah, a highly technical person that can talk to people. That is that is the unicorn we seek. <laughs> that that's right, and it is. It's that translation role, right? To absolutely to uh, take very complex topics and and talk to people in the language that they understand, which is part of what we're going to do today. And what I really wanted to do is just have a conversation with the two of you. So. I don't have any staged questions or anything like that. And we don't uh, have any staged answers, so which that works is, out Which well. is awesome. It <laughs> uh, works out well. Um, but let's start with this, the, the economic situation that we're in. And you can argue all day whether we're in a recession, not in a recession. Uh, one's coming, one's not coming. 
But the fact is that there are some uh, economic uh, concerns in in a lot of different industries that are impacting uh, the way we work. So let's start with that as the premise and, and talk about, are you seeing any unusual risk activity, any change in risk activity uh, with your clients? Yeah, I think in general, I'll start and Cody, you can, you can add in here. I think the, f- the first angle is the threat actors or the bad guys or the cyber criminals, whatever you want to call them, will usually use the emphasis of whatever is happening in the nation or the globe uh, to their advantage. So whether it's a, um, you know, pro football, you know, tournament or uh, something in current events, some, you know, an election cycle or, or an economic downturn. Like if people are nervous in a recession, not in a recession, doesn't matter. If people are thinking about it, that is a potential attack vector because mm-hmm. getting people to click a link, open an attachment, do something they wouldn't do, you know, get scared into something, that's the main human approach that attacker can use. So I think in general, we would expect, and we've already seen some you know, financial stress-related yeah. attacks that get more prevalent. Um, s- same thing with like tax day, April 15th, usually an uptick <laughs> in, in Q1 of uh, a lot of tax-oriented uh, things because that's on, on people's mind. Yeah, yeah. Click on this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, echo what Tim said. And a lot of times it's, they're looking for, you know, an entry point, a, you know, a vector to get into. You know, they're casing you and, you know, during, during COVID and distributed, you know, workforces, they knew that the CFO and the accountant and controller were no longer in the same room. So yeah, there's, yeah. Where, there's, where there's gaps they're going to slide in and um, – same thing now with the recession and, you know, you have people in, in certain jobs are looking for a new position. There's vulnerability areas there. So any way that I can create buzz or, or some, some desire to click on a link, I've, I've got, a, got a gap to squeeze into. So the opposite side of that, right, as you're talking with your clients, do you advise them that, hey, tax day is coming up. You might be aware of uh, fish, phishing attacks. We haven't seen any yet, but we know they're coming kind of thing. Do you do you help them with that? Because we all take those, uh, the cybersecurity, the phishing tests uh, and and that, but they're usually so generic. Do you guys help your clients be a little more specific? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, awareness is, is probably one of the, or it is one of the highest um, bang for the buck efficiency things type, you know, um, mitigation tactics because it's that, ongoing awareness too and from a standpoint of you don't just do it once a year and then and then move on it's that every day tying it to it you know um strengthen that muscle uh, yeah. but yeah we do yeah. quite a bit of that through articles training info sessions infographics emails and so the the thing is to create a buzz and to kind of help companies and, and people realize that security is not it's responsibility it's it's, it's yeah. every employee's responsibility and so it's, it's getting that 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 message across to employees yeah, well, one thing I always you know, make sure to reemphasize to all my IT-oriented friends and colleagues is, our you know, as an IT person, our nature is to buy a tool to fix something, and I think there's some great awareness tools out there that provide a lot of stuff that companies in the budgets they have couldn't afford to create themselves, but a tool doesn't solve something. So running phishing testing monthly, quarterly, daily, that's just one thing. You know, doing a, a training once you know once a year or even at best four trainings a year or something like that, that's not necessarily becoming part of their job and being as relevant right. into like behavior change. So a lot of what we do is on top of the basics and really culture oriented because you should help people make their lives easier, make it easy to do things the secure way, 
and a lot of times the, the cyber and IT teams haven't even communicated what that happy path is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to me, user experience, cyber, and awareness all go together, but I think there's a, a, a void in our industry uh, uh, for, for focusing on that perspective. Well, and how do you help people outside of the technology roles? Uh, you mentioned this, Cody. Uh, it's it's not IT's job. It's not only IT's job. It's everybody's. How do you help spread that message throughout organizations? So one thing we focus on a lot of time is, you know, you can call it different names, but we call it a lot of times a champions program. And so that's where you're finding people in different companies and different uh, different functions that are not IT that can help lead the message and help drive that message, you know, downline and and, and, and cross function, um, you know, from a, a line leader supervisor because you're in marketing and IT sends you an email and you may or may not read it, but if if you're if you're you know director or VP of marketing sends it to you, there's a better chance to read it and, and dive into it. So it's getting those other people across functions that can that can buy in. Um, a little more additional training and, and kind of, you know, vision into what you're wanting to accomplish. But I think you mentioned earlier with trying to share that vision and the why to just someone in a different function. Yeah. And I happen to have a very fresh, never to be have been told before rant story straight on the topic. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so yesterday, one of our employees, and we have a little bit of an edge because we're all cyber trained people, uh, but one of our employees reported that he had gotten an email from a, a, you know, a, a known local supplier that he didn't think that we did business with. And long story short, won't share the names to protect the guilty or innocent, whichever uh, <laughs> side of the fence you would feel this to be on. Um, but basically the request was, hey, we're doing an audit. So it was a fourth party of one of our third parties that would have never interacted with the employees. Mm -hmm. And they were asking for the randomly selected employee without any context to open a DocuSign file, sign something and complete a step for the audit. No huh. setup. There was a name of somebody that we work with through our third party that they wouldn't have known yeah. that we worked with them because that's not an employee facing thing. But he did the right thing. He shared that. We validated that it was actually real. And then this morning on the drive in, I was thinking, well, gosh, this just, this just derupts our entire education for yes. employees. And what does that come back to? Broken business processes or business processes that are so they're competing with the bad guys for looking fishy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're trying to do something in their process, but yep. it looks like it could be a phishing email. Yep. Absolutely. So on the business front, just kind of back full circle to your question, I think the the key thing is, it, you know, an IT person or a security person is not going to go fix that. They can advise, mm -hmm. but we've got we've got imp process improvement and growth to do across the company if we're going to fight this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, you can't train to avoid bad behaviors if we instill bad behaviors. It just makes everything white noise. And, and, it, and it is a never-ending battle to to help people become aware and stay aware. And when you get these other entities who aren't really trying to do a cyber attack, but they look like this is just odd, right? It's, it's coming in. Uh, my wife and I are uh, in the midst of, of buying a new house. And so we get these emails unexpectedly from different people at, the mortgage companies or the title company or the, and you're right. It's, Hey, click on this and sign it. Well, no, I'm not signing that till I talk to somebody. I'm not even right. clicking on it <laughs> till I talk to somebody. So, so right now is, uh, is we're entering prime budget season for a lot of our listeners. Uh, if they're on, you know, the calendar year for their budgets, uh, they're starting to think about next year. They may be under some pretty heavy budget pressures. 
to reduce costs or at least stay flat. Um, how do you continue this fight against the cyber attacks uh, and help your clients remain flat or, or reduce costs? Yeah. Um, so maybe, Cody, you can come back to the architecture tech rationalization because I think that that is right in your wheelhouse. But I'll start with, like, telling the story. I think a lot of times, you know, cybersecurity professionals are really good at what they do, and many many of us come from an IT background. We're getting to the point where that's not the, always the norm, but it's still the typical. Um, and I think we, and, and Jeff, I like with, within your local CIO community, you invest in that community a lot in communication and influence and you know, really bringing in professionals outside of the field to help uplift that community. Because I think telling the story and presenting a business case and showing return on investment and you know the why um, is super critical in any year. Um, in a year where you've got budget pressures, the story becomes more important. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think also what we were just talking about, bringing cyber beyond IT I think IT budgets. I don't. I don't know for all you guys. Usually, budgets are always being cut. You know, there are some <laughs> years where it was growth, but more often than not, you're usually figuring out good. how to trim right. OpEx because yeah. that's uh-huh. going to help some CFO um, yep. spend that money elsewhere, and that's good. That's growth storytelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but I think I think the key thing is to make sure that um, you focus on the story of what you need, how you're going to get there, the progress that you've made, and articulate the investments outside of just running tech and tools. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that kind of goes back to our broader conversation. How do you get the entire workforce engaged? It's probably more than just running a a great cyber awareness tool. It's probably building champions networks, um, getting executives involved to be a top down, you know, kind of influencer campaign, you know, doing some, you know, really, really running cyber from an awareness standpoint, more like a marketing campaign, not like an IT project. And then on the tech investment side, Cody, if you want to talk about yeah, yeah. I mean, the tech side is always, always kind of you know, tough because you, it's you know, you get a finance person who's writing the check for something technical that they don't understand a lot of times, and so the CIO or the CTO is telling the story of why we have to have it, and there's four different tools that, you know, so oftentimes in rationalizations we'll look and see, okay, Kim, is the tool the most effective out there? Is the does the and they're always upgrading the tools, and so is, does the next tool have ability to to push one of them out? So you've got some cost reduction there. Um, then there's an operational cost too of people to be on staff that are certified to 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 roll that tool out. So I was just talking with one of our clients, and they're a large CPA firm um, here in town, and they had a gap and and on the cyber insurance policy, and it was to add an extra layer of security. And we kind of their first goal was was to okay, we got to plug the hole, and we chatted through things, and I was like, well, let's just lay out all your tools here and see and and tell the story here. And so then when we laid it out there and were able to tell the story, they had coverage without there was a gap. So there was no need to add the additional wow. the additional software they thought they had to have because the way the story was was laid out and you know aligned, you know they had they had full coverage. But at initial look, they thought they had to buy another tool. Look at the tool you already have to see if it does what you need it. I can't tell you how many times in in my career we've we've gotten requests in IT to add a new app, security or otherwise, right? right. That it's like, well, that tool already does it. Why would you want to add another one? end so that's that's great advice the other thing that jumped out at me as as you guys were talking is trying to put cyber in the language of the business rather than in the language of the technology the tool stack the processes um, and 
talking with the CFO who may not understand what a Cisco 9728, and I'm making that up. You, all you Cisco folks, just I, I, know I made I that was, up. I was Googling it just to <laughs> fact check you, Jeff. Uh, but, but rather than going in and saying, hey, I need this fancy new router, what, what's the story behind what it's going to do for your security stack to upgrade that router? Uh, that's a great, great thing. I think um, we often use the term like business-driven risk management. And so it's um, looking at things from what processes and what critical systems or critical things cannot happen, you know, in, in, in technology and, and how do we encapsulate or wrap and keep those things protected. Um, so then you're looking at more the process versus the actual tool. So instead of saying, you know, QuickBooks or Sage, you know, can't run, I can't send invoices, you know, I, I can't, I can't process payments, I can't pay, I can't, you know, run payroll. Those things are going to resonate different than, yeah. than telling a CFO that, you know, Sage is down. They're going to say, yeah. well, what, what does that mean for me? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. so yeah. focusing on more of, of the risk and the business process language that cannot, can or cannot happen or the risk of it being interrupted. And then that, you know, um, sequential or, you know, next thing, it, how would it cause the business to, to stop working? Yeah. I guess rant number two for me is um, we need to. Uh, I love this. This uh, yeah. is a new vibe to the show. <laughs> yeah. How many rants can Aaron do within the, the segment? Um, but no, I think I think there's a maybe a gap in reward and recognition in technology oriented leadership positions. And I've noticed over the years, like, why, why do we as IT people seem to either only get inspired by or awarded for delivery of new systems? Uh, so kind of back to the, you know, bit of the earlier conversation what's driving every year is a new tool and the stuff that we did last year is doesn't have the care love and feeding that it's required so number of clients number of experiences i've been in you, you buy an expensive privileged access management solution you're two years in and you have 10 percent scale deployed yeah from a risk standpoint you're sitting 10 percent solved but your team may be on to the next thing because of whatever driving force that's pushing you there. Yeah. So, you know, you, and you mentioned it earlier, like w use the tools you've got, but th this is specific to the cyber stat, like mm -hmm. understand what your goals are to reduce risk, connect it to what Cody mentioned, like mm -hmm. where are the business risks the highest mm -hmm. and get the scale there first. It's not that you might not go to a hundred percent, but trying to boil the ocean zero to a hundred looks a lot more daunting than, hey, we've got 20% of the things across the business that we care about. Let's get those done within this year. Maybe it's the year after you implement. And let's take, let's take the reward and credit for that huge accomplishment. Yeah. But sometimes in the technology world, that doesn't get as much accolades as, hey, we got this new tool, we bought it, we slammed it through. So I, I think there's a bit of a, a cultural change. And, and part of that might be because we're not telling a good story upstairs yeah. um, to, to make sure that that focus is there and your energy can survive into year two and three yeah that's a that's a great great point actually i think we do it here but like you know an internal software roadmap right not mm -hmm. not just when you develop for clients but we put it on ourselves what's our goals for year one for year two for year three how do we are we going to use it right now what are some ideas but that optimization so then at the end of that two or three year you've actually matured the software didn't just get installed and then we we left and never saw it again so this kind of comes full circle back to you what do you do if your budget's flat yeah yeah um probably a lot of progress still to make. I think yep. the, the question would be, do you have the resourcing or how do you get the additional help to push the ball forward in the things that you have? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's always going to be a, a, a new tool and a new gap, and we're big advocates of the right tool for the right thing. It's just it all comes into the broader rationalization picture of mm -hmm. where are our gaps, what are we pushing forward, and the biggest enemy in cyber, I think, is lack of time and focus. 
Um, so I think driving your focus to the most important things and you know, not becoming distracted by the latest breach that says, oh, man, you know, if it was the MFA yesterday, now it's DFA or what, right, <laughs> make, right. making up the next thing, whatever, you know. Hey, I made up a Cisco Pen router factor. so you can make yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, the other thing that IT leaders struggle with is when they talk to their colleagues in the business, they – the, sometimes the colleagues in their business are, are like, you know, additional security is just going to slow me down. I don't want, I don't want this cybersecurity stuff. You mean I have to log on every time and I've got to do a different password for every application? How do you help them tell the story that that helps unpack that for the business colleagues? Yeah, no, I think th- I think that's a good question. I think um, I think understanding the context of what the solution or problem that you're solving is doing and what that means to them is the first step. I think the second thing is, are we looking at the tools that make life easier and things more secure? Because mm-hmm. those things do exist. I'll, I'll pick on MFA and some people will say, oh, no, no, MFA, like I have to pull my phone out of my pocket. Um, but actually just this morning, our, our co-founder and Cody and I were talking about, you know, the passwordless use of MFA where you can you no longer have to use a password. You mm-hmm. click a button to authenticate, and there's two digits that pop up on your phone. You type those into the keyboard. Mm-hmm. You're right in. So yeah. I think, you know, and not everything works the same forever. There's different different ways that you can do that. But I think that's one example where you get efficiency, potentially, if you do it right, mm-hmm. uh, and train people right, and those, all the os- organizational change management around it. Um, and then more secure, because if a credential gets lost, you're not relying on that. I think there's other tools out there as well. I think we just need to like better understand which tools are net new effort mm-hmm. and which tools are solving for a process gap that might be an efficiency play as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, t- I tie it to like, you know, the operation cost versus security cost. You know, there's a the cost to get it. There's a the cost that you lose your gain operationally. Um, to your point earlier, if it takes me too much time, you know, then the security just just eroded the the, the margin or the, or the revenue I would make because I can't get it done anymore. So there there is a balance there, but I think it goes back to our previous thing of just uh, looking at the process and solving the tool versus putting the tool in and then bogging down the entire process. And yeah. so now you've just kind of got you know errant. Well, and there is there is a, a balance when you when you think about uh, you you could spend millions on your cyber protection programs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to balance that with what are you what are you protecting, uh, what's the risk, what's the cost of the of a of a risk, and and put that together. So when you when you come in to a client, uh, is that where you start those conversations with them, or are you starting in a different place? I think it depends on the situation. We you know you, you, the the old adage of meet people where they are. Um, some they know that they're early on and they need a plan. So we might uh, say, hey, is there a m- maturity baseline assessment against best practice and your peers that we can do to kind of help pick the, you know, what do I do first, second, third, over how many years? Um, I think the other, you know, conversation is maybe more where there's an acute problem or situation. And we've, you know, myself and several others on a team are, you know, Six Sigma black belt trained. So we love to like rip apart processes and put yeah. them back together in more efficient or more effective ways. Um, so I, th- I think it really just depends on the client, but I think, I think there is a, I would say a hesitation to jump into what they're asking. Cause sometimes you need to kind of take a step back and 
understand what where their pain point because some you know it may be like hey i need this tool can you help me do it mm-hmm. okay let's <laughs> let's let's talk about like <laughs> let's talk uh-huh. about that that might be the right the right solution and happy to you know of course the customer is always gonna you know guide us to what they want but i think part of it is education and you know sometimes there's an aha moment of like you know to cody's point earlier mm-hmm. no you know you don't need that tool you have coverage it's just a way that you're articulating it so that could have been a year of effort and a half million dollars w- w- that was spent that could have been spent on something that they actually need more yeah yeah i think to to your point earlier is the biggest thing we try and say is do you have visibility into your risks so do you know what they are yeah. um and that's you know tied back to business processes and, and critical things to see to rank and prioritize those risks to say okay i've got 80 risks five are really bad in fact, can, 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 you know, wait a year or so. And then, you know, we look at that to how we attack those. And so kind of laying a budget out again to Aaron's point too. So you can move that needle and attack those risks in a, in a, in a prioritized way, which then tells a story to a CFO, to a CEO, to a non-IT person that I just lowered our risk on financial revenue impact on, on operational impact. And so it's non-technical, um, but you're able to give, um, you know, metrics to someone who's non-technical and show what kind of risk that you mitigated um, without being, without again being technical. Well, and, and I have to give a shout out for a previous episode of, of status go. Cause Aaron, you use the phrase, uh, meet them where they are. Uh, and I actually had a conversation a few episodes ago with Alan Jenkins, who's the, the VC, VCISO, uh, for intervision. And that, that was exactly what he was talking about as well. That when you walk into a client, you have to meet them where they are, but sometimes to your point, where they think they are <laughs> and where they are may be in two different places. And it's part of your job to try to unpack that as, as you're helping them put their plans together. Yeah, fully agree. Yeah. Yeah. So before we wrap up, um, one last question, cause I always love on status go for our audience to walk away with a strong call to action. Uh, so we make it very explicit, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on both of you uh, and ask what are one or two things that our listeners should do tomorrow because they listen to us today. Yeah, I think the the first thing I would say, and it just kind of brings together a lot of this conversation, is think about the cyber angle outside of technical, because a lot of us in the cyber practitioner have complained about oh, the business just doesn't give us a seat at the table we're not getting what we need but a lot of times you know back to telling the story that's part of it but also figuring out how to broaden the responsibility to areas that own the risk which is usually every single business functional leader um, so I would say you know that that can be done in a couple ways uh, I always usually start with some sort of governance mm-hmm. body um, and then, you know, bring into that group a bunch of like, here's the SOC dashboard that we saw for the year or the, the month. And, you know, a, a lot of like watching the dashboard stuff. It's more yeah. of like what business conversations do we need to be happen, you know, using, you know, go back to rants. I can't, my, my rants are confused now, but rant one or two, <laughs> whichever the one is broken business processes. Like, what can we do to s- strengthen that? Mm-hmm. And like, here's some guidance, but like, take some accountability and shift that elsewhere. Yeah. So then people feel like they're fighting the fight with you, not fighting against you. Yeah. Um, and then I think, I think the second thing is um, the rationalized approach to cyber and, and taking a more risk based approach. Um, 
we probably had 40 different name ideas for when we named Reveal Risk and that one bubbled to the top mm-hmm. is because I think it's missing in so many companies yeah. and programs that they, they can't articulate what what they're protecting yeah. most. Yeah. So that those are the two things, I think, involving the business and taking a more intentional focus on on revealing your risk and, and prioritizing your actions. Again, biggest enemy of cyber progress is not you know not enough time and too many things to do. Cody, how about you? Yeah, so yeah, I just wrote an article about this like last month, and it was you know business driven risk management, and that a lot of that was going back to identifying what are your critical processes before you can start buying tools and and, and building cyber program. Know where you need to protect first. You know, it's it's tough to, you know, just we said earlier, boil the ocean. And sometimes, you know, in the absence of, you know, all these decisions, we've made no decision, which is a decision mm-hmm. to do nothing. And so um, having an idea of, of visibility, what's in my landscape, what's the most important thing, start there, you know, let's make a list and then prioritize. Um, you know, usually you'll see some better progress at that point and, and feel like you're not, you know, you've got a roadmap, you're not boiling, you're trying to boil the ocean. I, I love that advice, and it, it it's true no matter what economic situation you're in. Yes, we may be facing some some downturn or at least some budget tightening, uh, but uh, the the nefarious actors will continue to use whatever they can use, uh, whether it's that or tax day. That's that's the favorite takeaway from for me today. Is I, I'm going to be watching my email <laughs> around tax time for the for those things, but. But your advice plays out no matter what the external situation is. You have to internally know, engage with the business, and understand your risk. And, yeah, you may be paying attention to um, a a heightened threat because of, I think, one of the conversations we had earlier this year, Aaron, was on the the invasion of Ukraine. And and, uh, was there a heightened uh, uh, risk during that time because of, of more attacks? So you have to be aware of those external factors, but you always have to bring it back to what are you protecting, what are your processes, uh, and do it in business terms. Does that summarize what what we've been talking about? I think that's perfect. And um, since three is a good number and it's also a hat trick, I would like to add one last rant, rant number three. Sure, (laughs) sure, sure. Uh, As far as taking things away, I think how we protect our friends and family and most importantly from this example would be our, our parents and grandparents <laughs> is so critical. So I think the takeaway was learn enough about cyber that you can protect wh- whether you're IT or a marketing person or whatever, that you can advise your grandmother or your mom oh, um, yeah. what you need to do. I just got a call yesterday from my wife's um, father and, and mother-in-law and uh, you know, they had a, suffered a cyber attack and they were looking for some coaching. Yeah. So it pulled, pulled up, pulled up in some guidance and all that. But I think if you can learn enough to support your family, you're probably advancing your work knowledge as well. Yeah. Um, so I think regardless of who you are, what role you're in, do a little research, yeah. L- learn a little bit. If you can help a family, you can help yourself. I, I love that. I love that as uh, that's more advice than a rant. So a, p- a positive <laughs> ending <laughs> closing. You got to end on a positive, right? Um, I really want to thank you guys not only for being on Status Go, but also for hosting me here in your in your offices. Good uh, it's been fun to get out of the uh, yeah. out of my office for a little bit and do this here. You could almost call it Status on the Go. Hey, there you, you go. Know, <laughs> the, the, the mobile ver- the mobile a, a new, version. A, a new name, Alicia. A new name. So there you go. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks for having us, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff.
To our listeners, if you want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information for both Aaron and Cody. I got to tell you, this was a great conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. And I want to thank you both very, very much. And I want to thank our listeners uh, for listening. So thank you, Aaron Pritz, Cody Rivers. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Thanks, sir. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InterVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.